In the acclaimed book, The Dawn of Everything, authors Graeber and Wingro pack the 526 pages with fascinating insights. One of those is the role of play and experimentation in the development of human societies. Now, while we may not be providing much more than a whispering breeze on society's development here on the Cattle 360 podcast, we are big believers in play and experimentation. And that brings us to the doorstep of this episode. If you're new to the Cattle's community, I'm Dr. Brad Cooper, CEO of Cattle's Coaching 360, your host of this podcast over the past five plus years in 283 weekly episodes. I have a, well, we'll just call it an unusual background, easy to find online if you're curious. I won't go into it now. In a nutshell, I'm super curious. I make a ton of mistakes and occasionally I stumble upon gold, most notably Susanna, my bride of 31 years who many of you know and my partner in all aspects of life. Now, one of the things Susanna has repeatedly pointed out, for better or worse, is that there's an awful lot going inside my brain 24-7. We thought we'd see if we can give you a little peek into that, see if there's any value. We, we don't have any idea if seeing that messy room is of any interest to our listeners, but we're going to play an experiment. We're going to put it out there and let you tell us if it's something you want to continue. I'll basically just sit down, have my cup of coffee here in our Cattle's Ranch studio, hit record, see what happens. I, I, I don't have a script. I've got a few notes, and I'll basically be giving you a peek inside my journal over the past few weeks about things I'm learning, trying, pondering, and as a music lover, I'll most likely include an occasional lyric from a song and and why I think it's so powerful for our lives. Now, we don't know what we're going to call these abbreviated episodes yet. We'll decide if you tell us it's even something you want to hear, so we'll see. But they'll be short and sweet, unscripted, and hopefully somewhere in there, as I just ramble a little bit, there'll be a, a something that gives you a spark, something that makes you think, something that makes you go, hmm, or some tip or tidbit that you say, ooh, I could do that, or yeah, I could implement that, and that'll, that'll make your life a little better. This is very different than anything we've done in the past, as our long-term listeners know. So we want to know from you, is this something you like as some variety? Or do you want us to stay the course on the the path that we've set over the first five years here? If it's something you like, please share it with friends, with peers, and we'll see those listener numbers eke up just a little bit. With that, let's jump in, see where this takes us. Again, I've just got some notes on a few things. I got my cup of coffee sitting here, and I will just basically ramble a little bit, and hopefully there's something in there that will be a spark for you. The topic that's been filling the pages of my journal in, in recent weeks is is trying to figure out what what my brain is doing with non-work activities. Now, for some of you, you're like, dude, why do you ever think about work? You're not struggling with that. That's not a thing for you. You're you're like, you got your work, you do it. You then when you can play, you do. If if you can get a little extra time off, you take it and you and you've got that, maybe we call it balance. But I have a feeling a lot of you are very similar to me. We've been working our whole lives. We started as kids doing whatever it was, mowing lawns, delivering papers, that kind of thing. We worked in maybe a retail place in our mid to late teens. We worked all through high school and college. We jumped right into a job. We've been doing that for, depending on how old you are, I'm in my late 50s. So for me, it's been, what, 35 years in a, in quote, real job. And we're good at it. And we like it and we found our role and, and we're comfortable there. And it's a, it's, it's a place we can go in, spend 8, 10, 12 hours a day and get some feedback because we see things happening and moving forward. And, and that's good. I, I'm very grateful that I love my job, but there's other aspects of life. 
And that's what I'm trying to fiddle with my brain. And that's what I'm going to try to, I don't know, just share not any suggestions necessarily, but just what I'm processing. And maybe if we do it together, again, we're sitting here having a little cup of coffee together, talking about this, maybe there'll be something in there that is helpful to you. The way I've been processing this, I, I use it, as many of you know, I, I love to journal. I, it's kind of my clarification. Susanna is super helpful in helping me think things through as I verbalize things with her. And then the journal is super helpful in terms of putting that on paper and it kind of orders things. And so I've been doing a lot of writing lately on this subject. And, and the word that's bubbled up to the surface is the word sure. Now, where, where that fits is I tend to, I'm telling you way too much information right now. I tend to, if you called and said, hey, Brad, do you want to go for a, a ride? Or do you want to go paddleboarding? Or do you want to you know, go grab a cup of coffee? What historically would happen in my brain is I would look at my calendar and I'd think, okay, let's see, I, I need to get all these other things done. And then I'll have that. This could be here. I could bracket around this so I don't spend too much time doing it. I could do this. And if I really am productive here, that'll open up time there and blah, 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 blah. Yep. How about two weeks from now, Tuesday from 10 to 11.15? Now, I'm not telling you all this stuff that's having me back in my brain. That's, I, you would hear that, yeah, how about Tuesday, two weeks from now, 11, 10 to 11.15? But that's what's happening in the background. And I don't like that. I, I don't think that's a healthy way to live out the rest of my life. So this word sure has been bubbling to the surface. If someone reaches out and says, hey, would you like to grab a cup of coffee? Instead of all those things happening in my brain, I want to respond, sure. And we get it on the calendar. Now, that's a pretty big difference. But it can also swing the other way and be too far. Because you have unlimited options. If you just said sure to everything, you, you, I think there was a movie out recently on Netflix about the yes day, where you just say yes to everything. Well, that's a disaster. Like, that's foolish. That's not my goal. My goal is not to just say yes to everything or sure to everything. It's to the right things. And so what I've done, I, I, visuals are super helpful to me. So what I did is I took that word sure with an exclamation point, and I, I'd originally written that down. I was like, okay, that's going to be kind of my, my visual that keeps me dialed into this kind of tweaked approach to life. But then I realized, no, 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 no that's, that's not it. It needs to be modified in some way. And so I came back to a concept that I'd written about a couple of years ago called the seven rule. The seven rule basically says when you're deciding what to do or where to invest your time or your energy, you ask yourself, is this seven or higher? So if you're deciding what type of exercise routine to do, is it a seven or higher? If you're thinking about what volunteer work to do, is it seven or higher? If you're thinking about what show do we want to watch on Netflix, is it a seven or higher? The concept was, is it a seven or higher? If it's not, you got so many options, go find a seven or hopefully an eight or nine, 10, maybe occasionally. So I, I changed that exclamation point at the end of the sure into a seven. And so it was a, a seven with the dot at the bottom. So it was kind of a mix between a question mark and an exclamation point with that seven. And the idea was I would say, potentially say sure, but ask the question first is this a seven or higher? And if it is, then that sure becomes an exclamation point. If it isn't, it goes away. But it wasn't quite done. I was thinking, okay, 
that's, I kind of like that. Sure. That's going to help me kind of step in a little bit more, put my weight, body weight into it, full weight bearing, not partial weight bearing. The seven will help me think through is, is this really a, a good thing to do? And then I realized the last piece that I needed to add was instead of the dot being a standalone under the seven for the exclamation point, I need to put a hundred there. One, zero, zero, with the middle zero being the dot of the exclamation point or question. Now, why did that hundred matter so much? Am I all in? So I said, sure. I even said it with energy, sure. And I thought about, you know, because it was a seven or higher. But then when I'm there, am I there? Or am I partially there? Am I 72% there? Am I 44% there? Am I actually thinking about work? I'm there. I'm on the paddleboard. But I'm thinking about that client that I'm talking to later today. Or I'm thinking about that coaching certification that we have coming up in two weeks. You get the idea? So, so I'm on the paddleboard, but I'm not really on the paddleboard. My body's there. My mind's back in the office, which is the whole purpose of this sure concept in the first place. So that's where I've landed. But basically, and like I said, visuals are super helpful to me. Maybe they're not a thing for you. But the basic concept here is the word sure with a seven and a hundred underneath it. The hundred represents, am I all there? Am I all in? Whatever it is that I choose to do, if I say sure, because it's a seven or higher, and I've now put it on the calendar, when that comes, am I all in 100% or am I holding something back? Second thing I want to throw out here is this word Kairos. It's spelled K-A-I-R-O-S. It's pronounced Kairos. And it's, it's one of the concepts discussed in that book I mentioned right out of the gate today, The Dawn of Everything. Now, in the book, the authors are referencing that phrase Kairos in light of occasional moments in society's histories when frames of reference change, they, they go through a shift, a, a time when, when actual real change is possible. It's, it's really interesting how they present that. And as I was reading it, I was thinking about it in the context of our, our own lives at the micro level. It's interesting because the, the phrase, not the actual phrase Kairos, but what the phrase means, the critical moment, is something that we explored, we really dug into in some of my PhD work. We were looking at what is that critical moment when the mental toughness is most needed? Because we don't need it most of the day. But man, when that opportunity comes, that fork in the road of, do I go all in with that or do I kind of go in, was big. And that's where these critical moment sections came up. And I started thinking, well, we know where that happens in a race. We, we see that if we're in a competitive event where we have a chance to step up and we step back. What about our lives? What about our marriages? What about our work roles? There are those critical moments, those Kairos moments that come throughout our day, no matter what we're doing. And the decision, the choice, the lean in that we do or don't make in those moments have an exponential impact on everything else we do. I've come to believe that life is I was going to say three things, addition, multiplication, or exponential impact. I guess it also could be subtraction if we're having a negative impact. But on the positive side, we can do addition with our time. We can do multiplication. The critical moments, those are the exponential opportunities. The choices we make in those moments create exponential change in our families, our communities, our workplaces, and our lives. 
maybe ask yourself today this idea of Kairos. What critical moments am I facing today? How could I lean into those more effectively? Next thing I want to throw out there is I think I might have at least partially broken the code on Twitter. I'm not a big social media guy, so I'm not going to give you these amazing details on how you can break the internet or something. But this has been really helpful to me. And, and I, so I, I just thought, you know what? That's worth throwing out there because you got a lot of people and, and you could apply it to other things. I used it for Twitter. The way I got engaged originally in Twitter was when I was starting the PhD research, I used it as an opportunity to connect with those researchers, those writers, those coaches, those athletes that were applying or researching or studying or writing about the topics that I was pursuing in, in, in my own research. And Twitter is wonderful for that. It is an amazing tool. Yes, it can take you down some deep, dark stuff. But when you use it for the right purpose, it is a very powerful tool. It allows you to interact with some incredible people. It allows you to see the latest things that they're working on. It allows you to get feedback on some of your own work. For us on the podcast, oftentimes that's how I find great guests, guests that I think will bring evidence-based research and insights to, to you. And so that's, that's how I got into Twitter. I, I, you know, I, I loved it. It was a, a great way, continues to be a great way to do that. And then a couple of years ago, I was spending more and more time on that side and somehow <laughs> a CSU Ram basketball tweet got in my feed. Those of you who know me know that I love my CSU Rams. We go to all the football and basketball games and the Denver Nuggets. Those are my three. Denver Nuggets, CSU football, CSU basketball. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll follow that. And then, well, Twitter Twitter took the hint. They're like, oh, he likes CSU. We're going to boom, 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 boom. So pretty soon I'm following all these CSU basketball, CSU football writers and, and coaches and then the Nuggets and all their stuff. And it was a disaster because I didn't stay focused on my purpose. My purpose of Twitter was to engage, to learn from, to become nudged by the best in the world when it came to health, wellness, and performance. And I had allowed this very fun, but this completely unrelated aspect of CSU football, Colorado State University basketball, and Denver Nuggets basketball to seep in there. And A, it was confusing to the people that were engaging with me because they're like, wait, I thought you were the guy that talks about health, wellness, and high performance. And now all of a sudden you're showing me a Isaiah Stevens video or something. And I also realized I was going to Twitter far more often because for work stuff I was going and then for downtime I was going. And then I've seen work stuff during downtime and I was seeing downtime stuff during work. Like it was a disaster. It went from being an outstanding tool to being a complete waste of time and a distraction from all things good. And then I broke the code. And folks, it was so simple. I just set up a separate Twitter account at RampawCoop. Super simple. We had just become grandparents. I'm like, yeah, let's do Rampaw because we're the Colorado State University Rams. And then I unfollowed all the CSU Denver Nuggets stuff on Catalyst to Thrive. And I followed them all on that other one. And it's beautiful. When I feel like checking out some new recruit information about CSU basketball and what Kevin Lattle's writing about and what's happening with Swipa and Ryan Blackburn and all that, that's the Nuggets CSU. It's not confused with the other one. 
And when I'm looking for great authors and researchers and trying to stay up on the latest of health, wellness, performance, all that kind of stuff, and what's happening in the evidence in that area and not getting distracted by all the baloney that's out there in our profession, well, then I go to Catalyst to Thrive. And it has worked so well. That may not be a struggle for you. You may not even, you may be like Twitter, Flitter, like I don't even care. But if that's an area that you're struggling through or that you at one point it was a valuable tool and it's gone off the rails, maybe that's the way you can fix that. Last thing I want to talk about is my lyric of the month. It's Luke Combs, Love You Anyway. If you just heard it, you'd be like, oh, that's a nice love song. It is, but I'm convinced the love can be applied to any aspect of our lives. Yes, yes, absolutely. It could be about a relationship. It could be about a spouse. It could be about a dating relationship, but it could be about any number of other things. Let let me just read a little section of the chorus to you. Like a compass needle needing its true north, even if I knew the day we met, you'd be the reason this heart breaks. Oh, I love you anyway. I have a mentor friend who lost his wife 50 plus years of marriage after several years struggling through Alzheimer's. That was heartbreaking. And he would not hesitate to go back and say, even if I knew this was going to happen, I would love you anyway, just as much, just as deeply. I have a friend who recently lost his brother to cancer. He loved him deeply. He would go back and say, even if I knew this was going to break my heart when you died 50 years too young, I would have gone all in. But what about my friend who lost his job, a job that he really enjoyed? He felt like it was the fit. He loved that job. Some kind of applies there too, doesn't it? Or for those of you who are serious athletes, that injury that happens two weeks before your big race, that love for that event, that competition, that's a love. Would you have gone all in? You see, I think what's happening in our society, at least I I see glimpses of it in my life and, and some of the people around me, is we've tried to take the edge off of things. We've said, I don't want to get hurt. And so I'm not going to love this person, this role, this opportunity, this pursuit. I'm going to hold back 10%, 20%. Because then if it comes to, if that job goes away, you know, it's just a job. I, I wasn't really into it. It's what we tell ourselves. But maybe the more accurate statement is, I could have really been all in on that job, and I didn't. So, yeah, I don't miss it as much now, but I missed out on all of the benefits along the way. Doggone it. Why not be all in on that marriage, on that relationship, on that friendship? You got a hobby pursuit that you are really into, but you're kind of holding back like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the painting thing, but, you know, I'm not not going to love it because I'm never going to be that good, and, and people might not like my stuff, and... Stop. All in. It's interesting. I'm, 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 as I'm thinking about what I've talked about today, these things kind of all go together, huh? I didn't realize it until I was just saying that just now. The hundred from the sure with the seven and the hundred, and then the, the kairos, the critical moments. I don't know if the Twitter totally applies. <laughs> but then this one, like a compass needle needing its true north. Even if I knew the day we met, you'd be the reason my heart breaks. Oh, I'd love you anyway. Do you, that, that compass analogy, so powerful. A compass that is one degree, two degrees off is not really functioning as a compass. It's off. Are you allowing yourself to be straight up, pointed, all in to your true north? 
Or are you like, yeah, I know it's there, but I'll just, you know, I'll be three degrees off. So it doesn't, doesn't hurt as much. I don't want to totally love because at some point that's going to break my heart. Something simple as a vacation. Do we go into a vacation saying, well, going back to work in five days, I don't want to be totally into this because it's going to make work a lot. Stop. All in. Okay. Break your heart. Hard to leave. Hard to go back to the real world in quotes. So what? Let's go all in. Soak it all in. This present moment. You've heard the analogy before. It's called a present moment. It's a gift to be open. Why leave it partially open? Why pull the paper back, look at it, see what's written on the box, and say, I don't want to really open it because it might not be what's in the box. Like a compass needle needing its true north. Even if I knew the day we met, you'd be the reason this heart breaks. Oh, I love you anyway. All right, that's a wrap on this first ever whatever we're going to call this. We'd love to know what you think. I hope there was a nugget or two in there of value for you. If there was, please share it with other folks. Let us know this is something you'd like us to continue, and we'll do that. In the meantime, thank you for being part of the Catalyst community. If you would like any information on pursuing either your MBHWC-approved health and wellness coaching certification, or if you happen to be an employer, an EAP, or a wellness provider looking for ways to integrate best-in-class coaching into your program or your platform, please visit us. The website is Catalyst coaching360.com there's a tab up there for training if you're looking for the certification otherwise you can scan through the other information for employers the EAPs the wellness providers or just shoot us an email results at catalystcoaching360.com make it a great rest of your week and I'll speak with you on the next episode of the Catalyst 360 podcast or maybe over on the YouTube coaching channel